evening denizens of internet wonderland. It's time once again to kick back, relax, and listen to the soothing sounds of the melodious cat streaming through your airwaves. As we veer once again down the rabbit hole, Good evening, denizens of Internet Wonderland. I hope my voice finds you well. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of Internet Wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in a logical madness. You can always listen to this melodious voice and all of my content on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line, saying hi, or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com. So, now, I did mention a while back that I was going to do more episodes starting in February, but sometimes, just like in life, plans do change, so I decided to bring a second episode this week, and it's more of a catch-up episode, and the individual that we are catching up with is a longtime member of Internet Wonderland. He is my co-host. He is my brother from another mother. He is my hetero life mate. He is the one, the only, Monkey. Monkey, welcome back. Thank you for having me again. It's been a while. It has been way too long, my brother. Oh, yeah. It's lots of stuff, lots of things. Work, other things, other problems. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I figured that for tonight's episode, because originally I had this scheduled for February. Uh Uh-huh. But seeing how the timing was right and, you know, there's the availability, we might as well do an episode where we get to catch up with you. Uh Uh-oh. You know, just a few things. You know, what have you been up to mostly? Um, You know, go into Monkey Coconut News and talk about some things that are extremely geek-related, especially in the world of pro wrestling, because, you know, that is one of our... Constantly changing. Yes, (laughs) yes, it is. So, Monkey, what have you been up to? Well, um, mostly work. Um, I've had some um, hard times this last year. Um, my my mother passed away, um, along with other things that were going on with her beforehand. Um, it was a lot of uh, running around, touch and go for a while there. But, uh, yeah, that's been the majority of it, just trying to keep on the up and working and yeah. 
Now, you know, with your mom, you know, my aunt passing away, you know, it was definitely a very rough moment, but, right, you know, and she will definitely be missed. Definitely. You know, there, for those who met Monkey's mom, she was pretty much everyone's mom. She was the most caring, most thoughtful, you know, she, she was amazing. And she also swore like a sailor at times. <laughs> and, you know, she was extremely witty. You know. That's where I get it from, mostly. <laughs> definitely. So she will definitely be missed. Yeah. Um, so, seeing how it has been a while. Right. It is time. After a year and a half of Yo. waiting. Hell yeah. For oh, monkey... Yeah, it's been about a year and a half. About only about a year, maybe a little bit over a year. Cause well, because I think the last one was like a December twenty nine, twenty twenty. No, no, because, because we were because we were doing um, we were doing we were supposed to do the geeking around the table in March, mm-hmm. and that's when you know schedules got all you know wonky. So, so it's only been about a year then, because oh yeah, it's only January now. Yeah, it's been about a year. You're you're you're, you're confuzzled. I mean, I'm confused very easily, but... It's been a long day. Oh, yeah. But it is time for Monkey Coconut News. Coconut News, Coconut News. So we're going to break this down a little bit. We're going to talk about more the entertainment side, and that's going to lead us into the pro wrestling side. So, Monkey, what do you have for us? Well, this is a kind of a breaking story that we just caught right before we decided to record here. Um, shout out to uh, to Playback on YouTube. Um, they they uh, announced this, which was also broken. I want to say probably on Twitter by uh, a username of Too Much Hot Tea, where apparently an Instagram model is trying to sue uh, Drake for putting hot sauce in a used condom. Um, full story basically being that uh, Drake and this Instagram model apparently hooked up. And there was a a lot of talk of everything else, and uh, he he verified to make sure he got explicit consent before anything happened between the two of them. Um, in which he also then wore a condom when they when they had their 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 intercourse, and uh, from there he apparently took the condom, he tied it up, and threw it in a trash can in the bathroom. So just to keep in mind, all this stuff. He's doing all this stuff on his own just to try to basically make sure there is no way for him to essentially be caught in uh, what a lot of people would call a um, a trap, basically, where the girl is trying to basically get herself pregnant so that she can sue him for money, child support, all that stuff. So he not only, one, put on the condom himself in the bathroom, uh, two, after they had sex, he took the condom, he went back to the bathroom, took it off in the bathroom, and before he tied it off and threw it in the trash can, he apparently poured a packet of hot sauce in it to make sure that his his seed in the in the condom would either die or not be able to replicate properly. Well, uh, in the process, when he was getting dressed up to leave, she apparently ran into the bathroom, grabbed the condom, Opened it up and poured it into her vaginal area, apparently. 
And to which point she apparently got the surprise of the hot sauce in it, and she said it it felt like hot lava being poured into her. So, um, she's trying to sue him for apparently her own stupid actions. It's a nice way of putting it. Um, and obviously he, he did this process because he, uh, at one point or another, had, um, illegitimately conceived the child with someone else, and he was basically trying to make sure he doesn't fall into that again. But, um, as you can tell, this one woman who, they, they never name in any of the things, they just keep referring to her as an Instagram model. So she could probably have 1,000 subscribers, she might have two subscribers, but she calls herself an Instagram model, so... So that is the uh, major story that we heard today, which just hearing it, we're like, we got to talk about this. <laughs> so, no, once again, shout out to Playback for this, and you can actually find their YouTube channel. Um, they are they are a podcast style channel, and they do talk about um, different events and goings ons in the world. But <clears throat> excuse me, one moment. <clears throat> but. You know, you have to think with those who are in the entertainment business, those who are constantly out in the public eye, that this, this type of behavior where someone is trying to set them up for additional money or clout, this is something that happens quite a bit. And us in the public, we really don't think about it until it comes up on the news somehow. You know, it, it, it scares me, yeah. quite honestly, because you have to think there are stories about individuals doing the same thing mm-hmm. just in real life, just to to keep or trap someone that they want to be with, whether they use the contents of a condom or in some cases, a guy will try to impregnate a woman just to keep her around. Yep. You know. Just the magnitude of this. And you have to think, how many times does this happen to individuals like Drake? Right. Or even like a... Uh, another person who's very cautious about all the things he does is uh, Henry Cavill. Yes, who, yes. Who even, a lot of people gave him some flack for saying what he said at one point, which was, you know, he's he's afraid to even talk to some women because he's afraid someone's going to slap him with a sexual harassment lawsuit or something or other. Even if it's just to say hello, you know. He's, he's, he's very cautious about everything he does and says. And you also have to take a look. Like Keanu Reeves right. is very cautious. Like right. take, take a look at any picture that Keanu takes with anyone of the opposite sex. Right. He doesn't put his arm around the individual. He pretty much does what we call the Jesus picture pose. Where it looks like he's hugging the individual, but what it is, he isn't even like embracing. It's more like it's the floating hand. Yeah, what they call it. It's basically, his hand is behind him, but you can tell if you look at it from the side or a different angle, not straight on, that he is not even touching them at all. And it's it's because of a cautiousness. Because again, same thing. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of celebrities are always um, right to be put into that crosshairs of some kind of scandal and it's not even just the celebrities themselves or some of the fans it's the media is, is so happy to jump on it to to try to get that story out there to be the first one to say so and so did this to somebody and without even getting the full context of the story exactly so 
with this story relating to Drake doing what he did, quite honestly, in my opinion, every step that he took was highly calculated. Right. You know, his level of caution and his preparation for this was almost like MacGyver-like in a way <laughs> to me. And for those who don't know who MacGyver is, and I'm not talking about the new series that they had. I mean, the original MacGyver from back in the day. Uh, look it up. You can actually find it on Tubi, Vudu. Um, you can buy some of the episodes on Amazon Prime. Or you can do like us and actually watch it on YouTube once in a while if you can find a good page for it. But <clears throat> you have to think. you People nowadays have to take these type of cautions. You know, because you never know who you're going to run into. You know, you could be at some type of social event. You meet someone, you hit it off. You know, you go back to your place, her place. Or a hotel or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes back of a car. Right. And things will happen. Well, you have to take that extra caution to not get caught up. Right. And... You know what? What Drake did was big brain energy across the board. And just the stupidity of this Instagram model. Right. And I wish they would have said a name. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, it's also good that they didn't say a name due to the fact that we don't want to put this individual on blast because... Oh, I would. I think it's just funny. I was like, how stupid are you? <laughs> well, there's, there's that. <laughs> there's that, but also... You have to overall do think about the safety of the individual because Drake's fan base is almost on par with Justin Bieber and the Beliebers. So there are some people that would try to, you know, utilize death threats or try to find where this individual lives and cause harm. So in a way, having that amenity. Amenity. Yeah. Amenity. Exactly is a good thing to have but also at the same time whoever you are famed instagram model which there are an abundance of you out there what were you thinking well i can tell you what they were thinking they, they were thinking they were trying going to try to trap him but it didn't work on them oh you mean like how the prime time players used to say millions of dollars millions of dollars exactly. millions of dollars yeah, I can actually see that. Um, but, you know, you, you're an Instagram model. You're probably extremely beautiful. You probably have lots of followers. You're probably making a pretty decent living for yourself. Well, again, uh, uh, unable to determine because right. they, we don't know who they are. And like I said, anyone can claim to be an Instagram model or anyone also can claim to be a, you know, a, a social media influencer you know, um, just because they have, you know, a, a page or a site doesn't necessarily mean they make a lot of money on it. They could be making 20 bucks a month on it and they're, they're working at McDonald's on side to get the money they need, you know. <laughs> or maybe they do have an Instagram account, but somehow they are a spicy accountant mm-hmm. and have an OnlyFans account. Yeah. You yeah. never know. It could be any of those things. And, well, I, I would say hopefully, um, and I don't mean to say this in a you know, kind of a a misogynistic way, but I I would think Drake would have some taste in in a woman he went with, so, you know, (laughs) but 
you know, that's just, you know, a thought process because it's the whole case of, you know how everyone is. Appearances are, are everything. Yeah. And I don't think Drake is going to be caught with someone that uh, looks like they just rolled out of uh, a trash heap. But, you know. <laughs> but then again, you never know. So that could be a possibility. Because Drake would be like, who will believe you? Seriously, who? <laughs> right. But let's move on because, yes. you know, there's quite a bit of news. You know, not only do we have this Drake thing, but, you know, 2022 hasn't exactly been the best start. Yeah. You know, we've lost Sidney Poitier. Yep. We've lost Betty White. Yep. And now, recently, we lost Bob Saget. Right. And for some other people's kind of geekness in sports, them, John Madden as well. He, he yes. passed away as well recently. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, all these people had a following, had fans. Um, they were all, you know, very big trailblazers in in their their fields. Um, again, Betty White was probably one of the most known uh, faces of, of comedy. Um, she's been around for almost hundred years, obviously, in her life. And as a side note, sliced bread came after she was born, so technically, sliced bread was the best thing since Betty White. Exactly, and I do have to agree. But <clears throat> hopefully, with all the with the rough start that we're having with 2022 we can try to look forward to some positives that are happening okay who am i kidding at this point because we are going to talk about some negatives relating to the pro wrestling world and there's a lot of things going on right now but you know what they say uh once once you hit that rock bottom the only way we can go is up so so let's hopefully. Talk. So <laughs> before we dive into WWE, because you know they have the most going on, right? Um, I do want to talk about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, yep. Because you know they did halt um, business recently, right? And they're on a specialized hiatus until April to restructure. Right. You know, COVID nineteen and. 2020 was not a good time for them whatsoever. Though they did put on some interesting shows, apparently. Um, from what I re- recall, a lot they were all empty arena ones. Yeah. Um, but they apparently, with all the precautions that they were taking, it's a wonder why that they were the. Well, I guess it's not a wonder why they were the only real company that didn't have any major COVID issues. I mean, look at the bigger companies: AEW, WWE. Um, I would say even Impact probably had some, but they didn't really majorly talk about it. But uh, Ring of Honor, nothing reported from their camp of anything at all, um, and that's because of all the precautions that they took. They they would have just the the ref and the and the wrestlers in the ring, uh, very few camera people on, on hand around the ring. After every match, they changed the entire ring apron out just to make sure they have fresh, clean apron out there, so that no one had anything from anyone else on there. And, you know, that's a tribute to the type of individuals the right. the executives are for Ring of Honor. I mean, even during the pandemic, when everything shut down, mm-hmm. they still paid their workers. Right. And that really shows a lot of heart and character for what mm-hmm. they do. And, you know, that's caring for the ones that are in the mm-hmm. ring and trying to keep the the company going. So... But now we are seeing a major influx of ROH stars going to other promotions, right. um, working independent dates. 
like even recently with impact and i know that we we really don't get impact here yeah impact being on was it uh pop, pop or whatever it's on yeah so it's on pop tv and we don't get pop tv up here in the no, frozen tundra yep. but we do get to watch um interesting clips of it on youtube um mm-hmm. We do actually watch like WrestleMania. We right. do watch uh, What Culture Wrestling. I watch Wrestle Talk, um, just to keep up with the with the ROH news. And right now, they're pretty much doing a an invasion storyline right. with an Impact. And there may yeah, about half of them are going to Impact. About half of them are showing up in AEW. Yeah. Um, there's been obviously there was a lot of seeds planted at the last pay per view that they had for Ring of Honor where. A lot of teases with the Briscoes and FTR. Um, obviously, Jay Lethal now in AEW and showing up in AEW TV now. Oh, and wait, we got to talk about Brody King. And Brody King also, yep. Brody King um, and him and Malachi Black, who have worked together, obviously, a little bit in Ring of Honor. And then, uh, probably, and then obviously, in the, where is it? Uh, PWG. PWG, which I'm surprised is still around, but that's just me. <laughs> wow, I, I I didn't even know that they were so around to tell you the truth, but but you know it's good to see that the ROH um, stars are going out, branching mm-hmm. out, and other promotions are taking them in for the time being right. up until April comes in. And that's for those who are somehow probably still in some kind of contract deal because they said they technically let them have all their contracts, but I would assume there are a few of them that are still contracted to show back up at that what was it the the final dance or final battle final battle yep that's what they're they're contracted to show back up there especially obviously the all the current champions or the last champions that they had when they went off so they're probably all contracted to at least come back for that show and that will determine where they go from there or if they stick around or who knows from there and i hope that roh does stick around right but you know me and me and you, we were discussing right. this idea prior to recording. Right. And this also links to AEW. Mm-hmm. And WrestleMania touched on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they need more TV time. Right. They need, because, because they have an abundance of talent. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we have big names like Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. yeah. CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, right. John Moxley, and the list goes on. Right. But we have a lot of young talent that is hungry mm. and want to showcase. And yes, there is dark, there is elevation, but those are on YouTube. Right. It's not really giving any spotlight on the up-and-comers. Right. So we were discussing mm-hmm. discussing this. And I'm just going to put it as a hypothetical. Right. What if AEW moves elevation to a network deal because, you know, TBS, TNT, they can always use a little bit of additional wrestling. Yeah. You know, move elevation into the spotlight for like performance, Mm -hmm. Um, having it be like the NXT or sorry, NXT 2.0. I I hate Mm -hmm. saying. With a passion. Or here, here's the 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 idea of it is the the developmental territory area, kind of like OVW yes. was for a while. Deep South Wrestling, 
um, the original uh, Florida Championship Wrestling before it became um, NXT, and then now into NXT 2.0. Oh, oh. So, like, you can have the AEW elevation take place in Daly's Place in mm-hmm. Florida. You know, still keep that venue, mm-hmm. but make it especially for elevation. Right. Have the up-and-comers, the ones that are not only, like, younger in years for being in wrestling but anyone that's being developed by like the nightmare um, factory nightmare factory and and all of those and there's your platform for those individuals but another aspect i thought about is what if tony khan bought ring of honor and still kept all the ring of honor stars on contract right. to work that promotion. Well, this is what I would say. A lot of them, um, I would consider to be uh, not developmental ta- talent. They they already are established. Right. We got the Briscoe brothers. We got Dalton Castle. You know, you got all these guys who have been well, as a nice of a way to say it is, on the indie circuit for for a decade at this point, give or take. You know, um, they they've all paid their dues. They've gone to Japan. They've gone to, you know, probably Mexico, uh, Puerto Rico, all that stuff. Canada. They've worked all these different areas. Um, these are the guys you want to showcase on like AEW again on the main main shows. Now, you get your newer signees like the people that are going through the Nightmare Factory. Um, those are the guys you want to put on elevation as a developmental territory show. You know, yeah, they're, they they might have been on the circuit for like a year, maybe two years, but it's obvious that they aren't as clean worked as they can be. Um, I, I will say the the comment that Jim Cornette will normally say is that a punch is clean when you can't see any daylight. In other words, it means that the the hit looks so close that you can't see anything going through it. You can tell it looks like it hit, and it probably does, and like the Regal Theory used to be, you know, hit people hard in safe places. So if you're doing it right, you hit them or you look like you hit them at least, and not, you know, if you turn at a slight angle, you can tell that punch missed a mile away, you know. That's a a comment that uh, someone was talking about with some of Jericho's recent showings that you can tell he's... Not as clean on his fundamentals as he as he should be for someone at his talent level. Which is very true. Yeah. So we're going to take a small break. And when we come back, our focus is going to... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we take a break, we still need to talk about AEW because there was a report about the morale. Right. Um, and again, this is off of the the information with the stuff with the Ring of, Ring of Honor people. Um, there's been a lot of shows where a lot of former Ring of Honor people are showing up there. Some of them are just showing up there being flown in and not actually being used on any cars. They're just in the back. So a lot of the current AEW roster are are worried about, you know, what's going to happen to them, which, you know, some of these guys probably have nothing to worry about, especially the bigger names like the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes. Well, yeah, they Dusty have nothing and, to worry about you know, because they're, they're, they're all set. Presidents. Yeah. Well, even even the some of the main people they still use on TV, like obviously CM Punk, Brian Danielson, 
um, powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs, um, you know, the uh, the former uh, Undisputed Era guys, they're all pretty much set. You know, unless they do something really stupid and mess it up. Like they're Leo set. Rush. Yeah. We'll talk about that another <laughs> that's, time. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, those guys are all probably going to be pretty well good. But there are some of those other guys that you don't even barely see, like... Well, the Joey Janellas, the Sunny Kisses, you know. The, yeah, these guys have been on contract for a while. Uh, the Best Friends, yeah, they show up almost every other week. But they're not as factored as they used to be. Orange Cassidy, he might be fine. But the rest of the Best Friends, so-so, you know. But that's that's the, the thought process. And the morale is kind of uh, freaking out on some of them. Kind of like also in WWE with their string of releases recently. Um, I guess we can touch on that real fast before we take this break. Actually, actually, because the main focus after the break is going to be WWE. Oh, okay. Well, that's we'll, we'll we'll jump on that after the break then. So. Yep, because there's a lot going on with WWE with the releases mm-hmm. and morale and right. the restructuring of NXT going into 2.0. And I'm sorry that I had to make that voice, but I have the yeah. utmost it, disdain. You, you gotta do it right. Is NXT 2.0. And with that ah. being said, I'm just going to say hell no on that. Uh, <laughs> I have a disdain for, for the rebranding. Uh, uh, and we'll have... talk about that here in a minute. Yeah, we'll But we're going to take a small break. When we come back, we will be focusing in on the issues and problems with WWE. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Cheshire's Place. As always, I am Mr. Cheshire, along with me, my co-host and hetero life mate, the man, the myth, the mo- the... Wow. Yes! The, the moi! Man, the moi. The man, the myth, the legend, monkey. Thank you. So, <laughs> now it's time, as Nux Taku always says, to get into the meat and potatoes. Mm, potatoes. That really does sound good. Even though we had pizza, maybe we should have gotten fries or something. Before we actually get okay. into the story, let's actually talk about um, the new um, queso wings from Taco Bell. I haven't even had those yet, but I've, I've heard there, there's been uh, some some issues, I believe, from the people are saying. But um, let, Let's go ahead and just address those issues. Look, folks, if you eat chicken wings from Taco Bell, mind you, it is Taco Bell. Taco Bell makes that little rumbly in your tumbly. And, you know, you're going to be taking the Browns to the Super Bowl quite a bit. So, they, they remember, Taco Bell's old slogan was run for the border. And you're definitely going to be running for the border. Now, on this, as a side note, I love Taco Bell, but that's just me. Because, you know, it's not real Mexican food, but I like tacos. And they're cheap. That is true. Taco Bell, we're not trying to offend you in any way or form. It's just that whenever... Certain things get reported on, and this is, like, internet-wide, going through all forms of social media about your product. Um, there's an issue. As a side note, though, there is one way to fix this issue. Don't eat those wings. Well, that's probably, that's the second thing. First thing is, just bring back the dog. Everyone loves the dog. Yep. You'll you, care Taco Bell dog. You Where have is to he? Bring, oh, you didn't know he was the first batch of wings. Oh. Is that like the Uncle Roger chicken fried thing? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's not talk about that. That was awesome. <laughs> but anyways, it is time to talk about WWE. Right. So as, as many have known over the last few months, WWE has been going through some massive, massive releases and layoffs. Now, a lot of speculation behind the reasoning because they say budget cuts. But people are saying they're prepping for the sell the WWE company. But still, keeping in mind, all, a lot of these people, very talented stars, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, uh, Karrion Cross, Scarlett Boudreau, um, those are all main roster. Uh, Tegan Knox, you know? All, all, all these guys have and girls have been just shifted around recently due to the draft, and half of them weren't even getting used. Um, hell, to, uh, Tony Storm basically just said, screw it, I'm going home. And that's what she did a couple weeks ago. And, you know, and she, she was done with a, a feud with with Charlotte where she was going for the SmackDown title. So, it just goes to show you that uh, WWE's morale has been pretty low. Um, shifting over to the Wonder Brand, as, as uh, Cheshire would love to say. Uh, the NXT 2.0, the the recent releases from there, um, just a week or so ago. Um, a lot of the backstage talent, um, Scott Armstrong, Brian James, formerly known as you know Jesse James, uh, the the Road Dog, uh, William Regal of of all people, um, Samoa Joe, uh, a lot of these people uh, and countless others. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but uh, Steve Crino's sister. Yes, uh, yes, she was one of the the, the producers, trainers as well. All, all these people have infinite, infinite years of knowledge of wrestling, 
in pro wrestling, um, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. But they 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 all got released, you know, because of the recent rebranding and repackaging of everything. So it's just a, a sign that unfortunately there there are some major changes going on in NXT 2.0 now um, that is not looking very hopeful for a lot of people who were fans of what was going on in the original NXT. Um, All right. So what I'm bringing up right now is actually the list of 2021 releases. 2021 or 2021 <clears throat> and 2022? Well, we're going to do 2021 right now okay. because there is a big, big list. I'm almost afraid to just do 2022 at mm. this point but we will cover it well we also got to keep in mind a lot of these releases aren't just releases but some of them did ask for releases like uh lindsay dorado and grand metal league they both yes. asked for the release and i'll be um, excited to see them on a different promotion here soon and andrade another one asked for his release um and then there are people like brian danielson or daniel bryan you know who let his contract expire so all right, so here we go. We're going to start with the releases from November 18th, and we're going to be going backwards okay. because right now I'm on SportingNews.com, and they have the full list that was actually covered by Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. Who works pretty much for WWE because everything, he gets all their information. So, Oh, yeah. Makes you wonder who he's sleeping with to get all that information. And, and as uh, Jim Cornette uh, reported a while back, um, yes, he is not related to Bob Sapp, so not not to be confused. That is true. And if you know who Bob Sapp is, you, you'd probably know why they're not related. You know, if you know, you know. But anyways, yeah. from November 18th, it was Ashante Adonis, Top Dollar, Drake Maverick, John Morrison, Tegan Knox, Jackson Riker, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Shane Thorne. So with that list, the biggest hit was Hit Row. Yeah, Hit Row, completely Hit Row got released all one week, a couple weeks after, which he'll say in just a moment here, which was BFAB, who was their, their female member. Um, another big outtake from that group was Shane Thorne, who um, a lot of people might have remembered as Slapjack, which, yeah, that wasn't his best gimmick, but um, those who knew Shane Thorne beforehand knew him as one half of uh, the My Don't Kneel, or TMDK. Yep. So he, again, is a very talented wrestler, um, they just never really did anything with him. Even right before that release, apparently there was a lot of footage of um, house shows or live events, as they like to call them now, where he was trying out like a new gimmick where he was looking like a kind of like a Crocodile Dundee-like character. Which, in a way, you know, stereotypical. Right. Quite honestly. But, you know, with Shane Thorne, he's such an underrated talent. Right. He could have easily gone pretty far with that gimmick. Right. He, and as a lot of people can tell you, if you watch a lot of the current WWE and NXT product, it's not really your ability, but it's more your your character now these days. I mean, uh, that's, that's what it's always been for a long time. Hulk Hogan w would be the biggest example. He can wrestle, but he's not as talented a wrestler as, say, you know, like a William Regal or a Dian uh, Daniel Bryan, you know? These are guys that have wrestling ability, but or even Lance Storm is another good credit character. You know, he, he has tremendous, tremendous ability, but he's always stuck with a weird character, or he 
doesn't really do characters very well. Right. Um, all right. So talking about the releases from November 4th, and this is the one that really shocked me. Mm-hmm. Um, for everyone that was released on this date, Keith Lee, mm-hmm. Karrion Cross, Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Eva Marie. Was that really a loss? <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Mia Yim. Harry Smith, which Harry only made, what, one, two appearances on he, TV? He made, like, a live show appearance, and I think he might have done a NXT UK appearance, and then nothing. Lince Dorado, Lince Dorado, Graham Mantelik, Jeet Ranma, uh, Katrina Cortez, Trey Baxter, Zeta Ramir, Jesse Kamea, B-Fab, once again, member of Hit Row, right. Orny Lorkin, Frankie Monet. And Scarlett Boudreaux, yeah. um, which we all know about Karrion Cross and Scarlett, yeah. Yeah, that they just mishandled them completely. They're, they're at least technically Karrion Cross's uh, main roster call up. I mean, they started him out weak, then he, they they started to shine him back up, and then they stuck him in the weird gladiatorial demolition gimmick. Look, let's be realistic. It's a gimp suit. It is 100% a gimp suit. Well, uh, I'll say this much. It, yeah, it looked like a gimp suit, but if you really kind of, and this is a stretch for some people to think, but looking at his perspective as like a gladiator, like bringer of the apocalypse is what I kind of saw it as. And I know it's kind of a stretch, but that's the only logic I can make behind of why they did that to him, but... No, I just have a feeling that Vince McMahon likes big, sweaty men and likes to put them in leather. Oh, that too. Yeah. All right. So continuing on, uh, the next round of cuts. Oh, from... Quick, quick oh, yeah, call on that one. Now, when that cuts, those cuts came up. A lot of people were talking about that. Um, a lot of the the people on that cut list on the November fourth was that. Yes. Yeah. That one. Now. Uh, WWE had institutionalized a mandatory COVID vaccine um, thing that all their all their employees and, and their their independent contract talent had to be vaccinated. Now, um, not calling out any names on there specifically because not I don't know who, but at least one of them specifically I know was very open about saying that they weren't going to get vaccinated. Um, but a lot of people were saying that a good majority of that list were people who were openly non-vaccinated or were saying that they will not get vaccinated. So th- that was the rumor behind that list of releases. Yes. All right. August 6th. So the names on this one. Very shocking. Bobby Fish. Mm-hmm. Ronson Reed was definitely a shocking one right. because this is this. He was doing extremely well in NXT. Right, and this is literally about a, not even a month after he dropped the uh, North American title. Yes. Um, Mercedes Martinez, mm-hmm. you know, very long-time veteran of women's wrestling. Yep. Tra- uh, very world-traveled. Yep. Uh, Shimmer... Uh... Uh, ice ribbon. Yep. A lot of a lot of um, um, multinational travelings. Yes, with her. Yep. Uh, Tyler Rust. Right. Kona Reeves, which he was on and off TV. Yeah, he was. 
at that point, he had been not even on TV for at least several months. And if he was, he was probably on 205 Live, which I never really caught, so. Right. Um, Leon Ruff, mm-hmm. you know, the true North American champion. <laughs> the, the the skeleton, as uh, Jim Cornette would call him. but <laughs> He was, you know, even though he was very small in stature, the dude could go. Yeah. He he had a lot of talent. He he was very very talented, very aerial wise, and that might have been the reason why he got released because again, Vince McMahon probably looked at him and was like, What's this guy doing here? He's he doesn't look like a star. Get him off my TV. Exactly. Um, Stefan Smith, Jake Atlas, which we all know Jake left mainly for his own personal reasons. Right. You know, just he, he get... asked to be released, I believe. And... Yes. Um, mainly because he was having some men- some mental wear, right. and he wanted to get himself right. So that's yeah. highly commendable right. on his part. Right now, he is doing pretty well on AEW. Well, he's had a few showings. Um, uh, again, I, as we mentioned before, the dark and elevation showings. Since it's on YouTube, yeah, technically anyone can check it out. But who 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 goes to YouTube to watch those? Exactly. I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't. So continuing on, Ari Sterling. Desmond Troy, Zechariah Smith, Asher Hale, and the Giants Zangier. Yes, so a lot of this one's mostly a lot of NXT cuts on this one. Um, also, very quite notably, as we were mentioning, uh, the uh, Tyler Rust, uh, Bronson Reed, um, who was a couple of the first ones he said. Um, let me bring it back up real quick. Uh, Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. Yeah, all of these guys have been featured. Even on up to that last show before that release came out, um, uh, Leon Ruff also yes, fairly highly definitely. featured. Um, Tyler Russ at this point was in the Diamond Mine, which they were just starting up then at that point with Roderick Strong. So, and um, at that point, uh, the character they were calling Hachiman, who uh, also was part of the recent releases as well. So. Yes, yes, he was. Um, Rick Flair, rela- um Asking for his release on right. August 3rd. Bray Wyatt being released on July 31st. Uh, Killian Dane released on June 25th. Along with Kurt Stallion, August Gray, Marina Shafir, the Bollywood Boys, Tyler Breeze, Fondango, right. Right. Arturo Ruiz, Tony Nice, Arya Davari, Everize, or 2.0 as we know them right. now. Um, let's talk about those real quick. Right. Uh, another, again, the, the time of all these guys being released, very highly featured on NXT. Uh, uh, Fandango and, and Tyler Breeze, for instance. They had just came off of their tag team championship run. They were working back into, getting back into the tag team championships. But then they were kind of off TV, off and on. Um, Everise. They were not really highly featured, but they were still part of segments on every episode. Uh, kind of a throwback to back when they had 3MB, um, when they released uh, Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre at that point. They had been highly featured, basically being on every episode of Raw, and even on some on SmackDown when they were no longer a split brand. Basically every episode up until that release. And it was like... Why are you throwing your money into these guys and showing them so much if you're just going to throw them away? That's like saying, you know, you you buy a brand new car to drive it around town. And then you 
then you crash it off a bridge a day later for no reason, just because you wanted to crash it. Exactly. All right, so for the June 2nd releases from this previous year, Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, Lana, Ruby Riot, Santana Garrett. So I was about to jump into the other ones, but, you know, once again, with the exception of Santana Garrett, you know, most of the stars that were on here were very prominent either in the main picture for NXT or even on the main roster. Actually, all the men at this point were all main <clears throat> roster people. Um, yep, because Strowman, Black, Black uh, Murphy. And that was actually, again, another one of those. They just showed him on TV, and then the day after, they would let, let him go. Right, He had exactly. just started. That was his return thing where he was getting ready to start messing around with Big E. And then all of a sudden, exactly. let him go. It's like, why? <laughs> All right, so May 19th release, mm. Jessamine Duke. Now going into March, because oddly enough, there were no releases in April. Right. Andrade requesting his that release was him requesting March 21st. His, yeah. um, in February, Lars Sullivan. You know what? We're not going to touch that one. Well, that was a lot of things, a lot of back and forth stuff. And he actually, even that, I believe that was... That was the announcement of his release, but he had apparently been released before that from what a lot of the the, the news informations were saying. Right. Because so he, he had already been released either A, as his own personal asking for, or combination of him and, you know, the the top exec saying, well, you got too much flame on you, buddy. We got to let you go. <laughs> right. Now... Maybe down the road we'll actually do like a top ten most controversial wrestler, you know, episode. Yeah, there's way too many. I mean, no. Dark Side of the Ring actually covers all that for yeah. us, but maybe we should do it a little more specific for like present day, mm. because you know there's some names out there. I mean, right. Lars Sullivan. Um, Max Caster from the acclaimed in AEW with some of his raps that he does. Yeah. You know, there's quite a few. Well, uh, I, I will take the Jim Cornette approach to this of, you know, is it controversial because of what he's doing in character or is it controversial because of what he's doing on his own in his own time? So let's do... Because... Let's do what they're could, doing on their own. You could say, you know, Max Caster, what he's doing is, is in character, is in his gimmick. He, he is... Just dogging on people just to be a D to them, you know? Right. Now, on the other hand, Lars Sullivan, yeah, he he, he he was doing a lot of weird, crazy things on his own on the sidelines. So Maybe we'll do a profile right. on Lars Sullivan right. instead, you know, <laughs> because trying to find a controversial wrestler, you know, that's just, you know, that's just way too much time, effort. And that'll wind up being another three hour and some odd minute episode oh, that we cannot do. <laughs> we promised ourselves not We're to do not that going ever to do it again. again. Never again. <laughs> you know, trying to cover all the dark side of the rings, that was, well, that was we, an undertaking. Well, we covered them all and we did everything. We talked about everything and it was like, that was way too long. Yes. Well, let's just do a, a quick, just recap as opposed to 
a full full deep dive. <laughs> yeah, which we still got to talk about the previous season that came. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 season, uh, the recent uh, season, I don't mean, say that much. I mean, it was okay. <laughs> I mean, there were some things. But overall, you know, we still have to do justice and right. still discuss it. It won't be a full-on deep dive. Right. It'll just be a nice, simple recap. We'll talk about some of our favorite episodes. Um, if we actually had any favorite episodes, the Brian Pillman one, I like. Yeah, Brian that, Pillman. That was, well, of course, that was the given. That was a yeah. given. Um, the Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon was also a big one. The, the 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 Smith family one was a little yeah, a lot of craziness with that one. We're um, we're not going to dive too much into that but, one. But yeah, about half of it was kind of meh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the playing right from hell one. Yeah, <laughs> that one. That one's already been beaten down yeah. severely. The XPW one. <laughs> mm, eh. I don't know. New Jack being all excited about being in the in the porn factory and getting all the porn videos and sending them back to his place was was pretty good. But hey, the man <laughs> had taste. He was refined. He was like, oh hell yeah! <laughs> all right. So continuing on um, February fourth, we have Steve Cutler. Um, April fifteenth. Sorry, for some reason their list is kind of wonky, but April 15th was when Samoa Joe was released the first time. Right, released and then rehired back a couple weeks later to NXT. Yep, also on that list, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Mickey James. We have to talk about the infamous black trash bag incident yep. with her. Um, we won't do it on this episode. Right. Which is, uh, as a side note, though, it's very awkward because that controversy apparently... But they're, she's coming back for the Royal Rumble, which is very interesting with her being the current TNA Knockouts champion, which is the first major, I guess you can say, quote-unquote, forbidden door opening that WWE has done with an American-based company. This is true. Um, Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. Um, Tucker Knight. Callisto, Bo Dallas. Wesley Blake. So that is the entire list from 2021. Now, 2022 releases. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. So. Well, it can't be that much because so we're it only a, a couple weeks in. <laughs> well, it isn't that much, but the reason behind it. Right. Which leads to the subject of NXT being repurposed into right. NXT 2.0. 2.0. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, it it hurts my head already looking this up. So, as of right now, we have... Uh, hold on, yeah. So, right now, I'm looking at GameSpot.com, which wow. broke this story on the 11th. So, during this week. Um, the current releases... So far, mm-hmm. excuse me a moment. Didn't have to cough this time. I just had to burp. So that's what he claims. What can I say? I love Dr. Pepper. It's a wonderful drink. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the Dr. Pepper. This, that guy was kind of weird. No, 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 definitely not. All right. So starting off with one that is extremely shocking, and that is William Regal. Right. Again, Regal being a very, very influential person in in the wrestling community, um, 
I, I would say a lot of his work is what inspired me to want to be a pro wrestler. Because, one, his his ability is a lot of grappling maneuvers that um, is just so fundamental to knowing and seeing. Um, just the points of even knowing that uh, Brian Danielson, uh, you know, he was actually fully finally lies in his training by William Regal which yes he got his official training by Shawn Michaels originally but um as a lot of people will say Shawn Michaels basically just took his money and showed him the basics like okay kid go go at it that's what basically his his school did yeah while when he went around and started to go around to other countries he went to Japan and met Regal and whatnot and that's what Regal actually told him like hey yeah, that stuff's good, but that's not going to get you anywhere. You got to actually learn to do some different things, or you're not going to get any spotlight on you. Agreed. Another shocking release during this time was Timothy Thatcher. Right, and again, uh, another one of those veterans who've been around for many years um, was just getting into the stride of being in NXT, and uh, they kind of gave him like a stop-start push. And then they had him teaming up with Tommaso Ciampa, and then they they kayfabe injured him a while back, but and then nothing from there. Same right. thing with Samoa Joe, who might oh, as put him bring his name up on the list here because we know he's on there. Oh yeah, um, kayfabe injured before the rebranding of NXT 2.0, and so he did not get to meet his challenger from that fatal four way, which then ended up being Tommaso Ciampa winning. And become the NXT 2.0 champion at that point. Right. All right. Next individual is Danny Birch. Danny Birch. Um, um, again, that's same thing with uh, Oni Lorcan. They are a very highly publicized team, but not really anything major about them. They had a few good feuds with uh, when they were part of the the stable with Pete Dunne and. Um, uh, Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee, and, and then later on it was uh, Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland, and then Ridge Holland got called up to SmackDown, which then really left nothing else going on other than Pete Dunne going back to being Pete Dunne. Pretty much, um, Scott Armstrong. Now again, that's again Scott Armstrong uh, being a member of the Armstrong Wrestling family, um, known for many years for his different things he's done, including his Dynamite Dixie character. That he, he portrayed a lot when when he first started. Um, but then, you know, him being in WCW and then him coming to WWE as a referee and then now being a producer on NXT before being released. Right. All right. Next individual, Hideo Suzuki. Hideo Suzuki. That's the one that they were calling Hachiman. Um, again, a very, very well-known veteran in Japan. Um, not really much spotlight of him in the U.S., but he came in to be a producer slash trainer, and then he became the on-screen personality of Hachiman with the Diamond Mine, which, again, same thing. Uh, he was with Roderick Strong at the uh, recent uh, New Year's Evil show, and just before being released the next day, pretty much. Right. Another surprising one, uh, the Road Dog Jesse James, because he was a producer on NXT. He was helping out Triple H and Shawn Michael, right. uh, Shawn Michaels with content and everything, you know, trying to develop the next up and coming stars. And of course, um, as very few really know, 
uh, Jesse James' real name being Brian James. He is actually the younger brother of Scott Armstrong. So he is a member of the Armstrong family. Now, he didn't have the physique or wrestling ability of, of his brothers and his father, but he had the mic skills of his father. And that's what basically got him to his popularity. And that's why they thought he had the ability to, to produce better. And yes, he did some interesting produ- production. Um, most of his stuff was kind of a little bit of a mix of what you would call the classic uh, Attitude Era. And he was trying to keep it with the alignment of what the current era stuff was. So it was going fairly decent. Um, but, you know, again, and they're one of those members that is being pushed out because of him being part of what they would call the old garb. Garb or guard? A little both. Garbing guard, you know. Yeah. Sorry, but, I, but... I was kind of in the middle of a burp when I was saying that. So. <laughs> no, that's probably fine. Then, of course, the final individual being Samoa Joe. Right. Which, again, we touched on. Has not been on TV for a while. Um, they basically just pulled him off so that he would not be part of the match, which, again, a lot of people are saying it's because he, with the uh, production being shifted into the charges of McMahon's people as opposed to Triple H's people, that's kind of why he was taken off TV because... Yeah, they essentially said, "Hey, we fired him. We don't want him to be our our main champion." So, and then they they let him set out, and then they decided to fire him again. Which, again, another very well decorated veteran of the, of wrestling, who, um, as many people will tell you, has legitimacy. Yes, he he may have put on some a lot of weight since he was originally put out on the scene, but. He can still go better than a lot of those guys that are half his size. And that's the, the screwishness of it all. Exactly. So we're going to take one more break. And then when we return, we are going to look at the pros and cons. And my God, there's a lot of cons. Of There's just only a couple. There's Nick and Tony. You know what I mean. <laughs> we're going to be taking a look at... NXT 2.0. I can't believe we're actually going to do this. But stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are officially back to Cheshire's place. Sorry for that small break, but sometimes you just need a small little break. Nicotine so, fit. Yes, yes, yes. In a moment, just to decompress and figure out what you're going to do next for the episode. Now, granted, some people do like to script their episodes, but here in Cheshire's place, we just do everything from the top of the head. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's in the middle of the head. Depending we, on the situation. We don't know. Yeah. But go ahead. Okay. Well, there there was a slight thing I I, I established we probably should touch on, which was a, a couple of the uh, wrestling legends that we lost last year as well, which um has um a couple years back, I guess a, a over a year back we talked about Butch Reed and uh, Bobby Heenan and whatnot, uh but also recently uh, the loss of some of the other greats like uh, Bobby Eaton and. Uh, uh, Joe Laurinaitis, mostly known to the world as Animals, Legion of Doom, or Road Warriors. So, um, a lot of people were, you know, obviously devastated by these losses because two very um, decorated tag team wrestlers throughout their career, uh, Bobby Eaton being mostly known for his time as part of the Midnight Express, who was uh, fronted by, you know, Jim Cornette as their manager, who, uh, when he did uh, his episode on, of his podcast after the passing of him he literally had to he broke down crying he he had to cut off early so it was very heartfelt and wrenching for him for that to happen and um again bobby eaton whose wife had just passed away about a month or two beforehand um was it was very hard on on all of them involved um and again uh joe Laurinaitis, uh mostly known to the world as animal um he again passed not about a year or so after the uh, episode of the Dark Gathering, the Last Ride of the Road Warriors aired, which is where he talked about, you know, um, Mike or, or Hawk, as a lot of people know him as. And it was um, really just uh, very devastating. Um, I was watching actually a thing recently on Vice TV where they actually had the uh, kind of a, a, a redo of some of the stuff from the Dark Side of the Ring where they had, um, what the heck is his name? Um, it's, uh... Paul Ellering? No, um, not... Well, Paul Ellering was kind of there, but it was, uh... Corton Bauer was, uh, interviewing, uh, the, uh... The producers of Dark Side of the Ring. And there was, uh, some other things that they showed where they actually had kind of like a sit-down get-together with a lot of the Minnesota guys that were in that episode of Dark Side of the Ring with, uh, the last ride, the, the Road Warriors. And, uh, apparently there was a story that Scott Norton told... Uh, that had a, oh, what the heck is his name? Um, the the trainer, oh my god, who's his name again? Eddie Sharkey? Yes, Eddie Sharkey. Apparently, Eddie Sharkey had never heard the story about this with, with uh, Scott Norton, and he just was laughing so hard they were afraid he was going to die of a heart attack. Because <laughs> Eddie Sharkey's like in his 80s, you know? Um, this just a quick little story about uh, Scott Norton talking about, apparently he he'd, uh, hurt his leg. In a in a show in Japan, and so when he was getting on the plane, he he had a huge leg cast on, and of course the moment he gets in the plane, he gets in the seat, he has to go to the bathroom, and of course so he's, you know, getting it, when they finally get in the air, then he goes to the bathroom, of course he tries to get in there to sit down and realizes there's no room for my leg to be pulled in here. So he's literally got his leg sticking out the the bathroom door, <laughs> and apparently a couple of the flight attendants had to hold up like big old sheets to to co- cover the door. And of course, 
at this point, he, he decides to play it up, and he's making as much noise as possible in the bathroom. It's like, oh, man, it's coming out. Ah. And, of course, you know, Scott Norton being a big dude as is, you know, it's funny to think about this, but it's also scary to think, you know, oh, my God, I don't want to laugh because I'm afraid he's going to come out and kill me afterwards if he finds out I laughed. No kidding. So, but uh, that's some of the touching things about that. And um, they even mentioned that, that was, this is probably the last – live recording that of um joe that they, that is around before he passed of them doing this get together so uh, again it's a uh, very you know s- uh, sad to hear the passing but it's good to hear that you know they kind of had at least a good get together before that then same thing with bobby eaton um before his wife passed um they had a big uh, get together for bobby eaton just a lot of people that he he'd helped or people that he met in the wrestling world and the the joke about that was that they actually had like a group that they would put all the stuff up online to about for all the people who are going to be coming to it and of course the site was called don't tell bobby <laughs> and again bobby eaton didn't really do anything on the internet so he didn't even have email he so everything he did was was by telephone or by physical letter so he didn't even know about this this whole get together until he got there because at first he was being told it was like a a show appearance or something so he was just going to go to the show appearance and turns out it's like everyone's there to see him and to to you know um basically thank him and he was just so surprised by all that so that was like his last major appearance before he passed also so and again all these things just to show that you know again wrestling is not just a community it's a family all these guys, they, they, they see each other as brothers, and that's why a lot of them do refer to each other as brother when they talk. Not as a quote-unquote gimmicky talking to be like Hulk Hogan, but it's actually a heartfelt thing. Definitely, definitely. So, we have to step back from the memories of, you know, past superstars that have influenced many others around the world, including myself and Monkey, mm-hmm. whenever we actually stepped into the square circle. And we have to lead into the now. Right. And one of the things that we want to talk about, and I'm dreading it right now, quite honestly, thinking about it, even though it was my suggestion, <laughs> <clears throat> we have to talk about NXT 2.0. Because with the last list of releases from the WWE, it is the releasing of the old guard from NXT, the original NXT, the one that was on the WWE Network, USA Network. They went head-to-head with AEW. You know, they produced a lot of quality episodes and pay-per-views, um, You know, a lot of people that were independent stars that became household names, you know, Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, um, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Karrion Cross. The name goes on for those who represented the black and gold brand. And now... We have this cotton candy, over dramatized, wish washy, attitude era wannabe version of NXT, which is now NXT 2.0. Right. So, 
I, I will say um, again that we we're going to talk about the pros and cons of this. Now again, um, the 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 biggest thing about this whole scenario that you got to look at is that it is supposed to be kind of a throwback to the Attitude Era, but as I jokingly said at one point, I don't remember if we caught this when we were talking, but it's like it's Attitude Era, and then. Just letting Vince Russo write everything is what it feels like sometimes. It really does because, like, the promos are overhyped. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, okay, let's talk about one of the pros right now. They are giving more spotlight to those who are going through the WWE grassroots program, which is the Performance Center. So you are beginning to see a lot of new faces mm-hmm. to, you know, show what they're made of right. on a national platform. Now, Granted, the way that they're doing this, and this has been touched on by many other social media platforms, um, pretty much it's a perform or fire type mentality. Right. They want to make sure that these individuals will have a run in NXT to test them in the waters and then quickly throw them into the main roster. Right. And to me... Okay, the pro is, you know, they're developing new stars. Right. The con is that they're not giving them enough time. That's one of the big things. And even uh, Jim Cornette will, will be the first one to attest to that, yes, they are focusing a lot on people who have an athletic background, but not necessarily a wrestling or pro wrestling background. So they, they are trying to play the um, scenario of what – uh, they would say is, um, how big is this person, and you know, do they look good on on TV? And that's about it. They don't care if they can actually wrestle, but do they look good? And are they can be replaceable? Everyone is replaceable. That is the uh, Nick Khan approach, as a lot of people will be saying that he's he looks at them as if they are quote unquote actors. You know, one person if they're not feeling is doing the part good enough. They'll just throw them away, grab someone else, put them in that part. That's all they are. Exactly, and I agree. And <clears throat> now, a, another pro that I do have to discuss. Okay, I I'm not really going to say this as a pro. It's more eh to me, and that's the next in line right. um, program that they have where they're trying to pull individuals from NCAA colleges yep. and universities and have them in line to be in the performance center and try to recreate them to be the next top star. Now, my issue with this, granted, yeah, it's giving some people, you know, opportunity. Right. Ranging from Division I wrestlers to gymnasts, basketball players, Olympians. Volleyball players, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people from all walks of life being involved in this. And they do have very strong athletic backgrounds. My issue is, with this form of recruitment, yeah, you can train these individuals, but they haven't tested themselves in the independence. And that's what I liked about the Black and Gold brand, because they had individuals that were veterans of right. the of the indies for a very long time the unspeed air all of them had been at least on the independence for about at least 7 years mm-hmm. at least each and and then they then they got into nexi same thing with uh, champa and gargano they'd been on the independence for about 
at least seven to ten years. Um, Karrion Cross, another individual who's been on the independence for years. Um, so all these guys have all been out there. They've they've they basically have gone through what Jim Cornette and a lot of the classic trained wrestlers will say is like the developmental or the territory system, where they went to different areas. They learned that stuff, and then from there they went to another area and learned that stuff. So they they all kind of got a taste of everything and seeing how different people react to different places. Exactly. So <clears throat> let's talk about the transition from black and gold to the tie dyed cotton candy BS that we see now. Okay. Um, di- full disclaimer. Me personally, I do not like NXT 2.0 and how Vince McMahon is running it. I enjoyed how Triple H ran it. Granted, in a way, Vince McMahon, in my opinion, is trying to punish Triple H for losing those key demographics against AEW during the, what we, what we want to call it, the Tuesday Night Wars? Well, it was the Wednesday Night Wars. There we go. It was. And then, then that's why the next day flipped over to Tuesday, they, they claim. So yeah. At least that's what AEW will tell you, but... But, you know, it's still one of those things that Triple H, for all that he has done in the business, from being a performer um, to being in the office of WWE, you know, having a strong hand in developing these talents that we see now going forth and becoming bigger stars, whether it's in NXT or out in other companies, WWE, to me, is just butchering the legacy right and i'm sure you probably feel the same way i do on it right because yeah you know it sucks you lost the wednesday night wars you know AEW was a fresh product they have a lot of independent stars you know they have a lot of room to grow and really become a strong force in pro wrestling but the big issue is vince mcmahon ultimately had his hand in the cookie jar. And again, this even goes back to the original um, OVW stuff, when that was the developmental territory. Uh, one of the biggest complaints, Jim Cornette said that a lot of the OVW fans said to him were that they are taking all the guys we like and they put them on TV and Raw and SmackDown and then they just change them and, it's, and, and we hate them now. They, they, they love this character. They love that gimmick. They, they love this wrestler. Um, big example, uh, Batista, when he was in OVW, he was Leviathan. He was meant to be a Monster Hill character. He didn't do any promos. They bring him up to the main roster. Yeah, first they put him as the Deacon Batista, which made no sense at all. <laughs> and then he kind of lashed out against his, at that point, partner or mentor being Devon at the time. And then he kind of... Started, he went to being part of uh, Evolution. So it was like a really just weird flip on, on it. And then he didn't really talk at first, and then he started doing promos. And people were like, why is he talking? He never talked before. It was a very just disembodied change of the character. Right, right. So <clears throat> let's take a look at some of the stars that we have right now in NXT 2.0. Right. Um, mind you... I watch it once in a while with Monkey whenever I get the opportunity to. So I know some of the newer stars, but right. there's one we have to focus in on. 
especially, just to get him out of the way. You know, he seems very familiar. He has a he, certain he, style he, to he, him. He's kind of got that dog face look to him, and he's kind of grimly, you know. Yeah, uh, he, he barks a lot. And, and, like, certain moves that he does just reminds me of a tag team from back in the day. Yeah, just a little bit. I, I guess they were from Michigan or something. And I bet you he's really good at math, too, just I like bet, his uncle. I, Yes, yes. But they won't say who his uncle or dad is. But they'll just say that your uncle and your dad, but they won't say who they are. Right, right. So <laughs> we're talking about Braun Breaker. Right. Now, for those who do not know. Actually, um, this is something we did touch on, I believe, one of our last episodes before yep. our hiatus, um, was the signing of Bronson Recksteiner, who is the son of Rick Steiner. So um, he got the name uh, Braun Breaker, which, um, oddly enough, beforehand, um, before he made his actual debut on the NXT 2.0 shows, he was actually initially cleared to use the name Rex Steiner, which, you know, since his last name is Rex Steiner, sounded too much like his last name. So, like, last minute before he made his actual TV debut, they changed his name to Braun Breaker. It's almost like if WWE is trying to avoid the fact that he is a Steiner right. without avoiding the fact that he's a Steiner. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've made the references, but they won't outright say it, is all they've, they've said. I mean, he, he pulls off the Frankensteiner. They call it the Frankensteiner. Um, he does the Steiner recliner. They call it the recliner. You know, it's, it's the, kind of obvious, but they won't say his his father's name or his uncle's name which is probably because of the fact that you know uh, Scott Steiner pulled something that has essentially <laughs> gotten him banned from ever being put into the Hall of Fame something about threatening to kill Hulk Hogan and his wife I believe but at one point yeah yeah I think that's more than once that he actually did that <laughs> quite honestly um we'll look back into that for y'all but um <clears throat> But, but he's yeah. Scott Steiner. Come on. He, he's, he's a math genius. I got 33 and a third percent chance, which gives me a 66 and 6 percent chance. And with this and that, that gives me a 172.5 percent chance of winning. So if you ever want to see good quality Steiner math, you have to take a look at Scott Steiner's promos. Um, actually, like it was just the one promo. Well, I guess they did a second time when they did the uh, the King of Trios when yes. he was he was going to be in the King of Trios match against the uh, in, in Chikara. But so we also have to talk about the fact that um, Scott was an announcer on on Impact a few times, so you do have to watch those. But I digress. The thing is, Braun Breaker is one hundred percent a Steiner. Yes. Everything he does is extremely reminiscent of both Scott and Rick. Right. From his walk to the ring to his energy, his wrestling style is straight smash mouth, but yet mm -hmm. very technically, technically sound with mm -hmm. the collegiate wrestling background. Right. And just his build. Yeah. He, he, he looks like his uncle. Is, there's no there's no denying it. If you put a picture of him next to Scott, they look essentially the same. It's just that his face is a little more... Braun's face is a little more rounder, so he looks like his dad. Yeah. If his, his dad shaved everything off, he, his dad looks basically... He looks like his dad. Exactly. 
Take Rick Steiner's head, put it on Scott Steiner's body. Do not dye the hair. Keep a goatee. Don't dye that. And you have Braun Breaker. Now, to me, Braun Breaker is a phenomenal wrestler. He is. And, and this is actually, um, unlike a lot of the other NXT guys that were in right before the 2.0 change, he did not have any indie shows, at least that I'm aware of. No. He, he, he was... He was Pretty much, basically, straight trained by his father and uncle, well, at least his father, and um, with some polishing from NXT when he went to the Performance Center. That's it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of these other <laughs> stars. Well, well, at least one I, I I can give a good nod vouch to, which is the the Tony D'Angelo character. Now, yes. again, he is he is an actual collegiate wrestler as well, but he. He is oversaturated with the stereotypical Italian mafioso gimmick. So, you know, take that how you want. But you can tell he, he knows how to throw people around. Uh, unfortunately, he knows how to do it collegiate style, which is throw them and hurt them. If you, if you watch some of his throws, you can see him dropping people on their heads, which is not safe in the main business. But Exactly. Now... But you know he's doing it because that's he knows how to do that, and that's why, that's how he was trained. Now let's take a look at his recent match with Pete Dunne. Oh yeah, you know him and Pete Dunne, for better or worse, actually have some very good chemistry together, <laughs> because all they want to do is just beat the hell out of each other. And and it's also a good way for uh, a veteran like Pete Dunne to kind of lead the younger guy, Tony D'Angelo in this case, in the match. You know, show them, hey, this is what you need to do this this way. You know, don't just throw like that and then sit here. You know, throw like that and then fall up. Do this, do that. Uh, you can kind of even tell by, like, watching some of the matches. You can tell Dunn is at some points frustrated. <laughs> uh, but you can also tell where he's kind of leading him. If you really pay close attention to him, you can see where he's telling him things. Now, again, that's one of those inside line tricks of of wrestlers, but uh, you can still see it. If, if you know anything about wrestling, you can tell at points where he is leading the match. Yes, definitely. Um, which also leads to the Vince Russo-style booking <laughs> of having everything on a pole match because their last match was a crowbar on a pole match. Yes, and then, of course, that with that, they, they milked the... The point of the actual getting of the crowbar, which that was a thing where even my my brothers were actually watching that match with me, and even they were like, "Come on, just grab it! It's right there!" What the hell? Why are you standing there? It is seriously like Vince Russo is back in WWE <laughs> and riding most of the most of these shows. Um, it it is that Jerry Springer esque look and and feel to it where it's it's the shock more than than the actual content so we do have to talk about some of the other champions that are part of nxt well, 2.0 well we can um we'll foot into kind of another one the changing of the garb where yep. um at the uh, new year's evil event show they they did the uh was combining of the uh cruiserweight title and the North American title from uh, Roderick Strong was the cruiserweight champion at the time, and Carmelo Hayes was the uh, North American champion. Which 
Which I'm just going to say right now, uh, disclaimer, Carmelo Hayes is not related to me in any shape, form, or fashion. That is just his stage name. That is his gimmick name. He is not related to me, even though Monkey will swear up and down that he is. Well, it's either that or, you know. Well, we, we all know the, the full truth, though. That's not the full truth. You know what? Just shut. Just, just, just no, no, no. Continuing on. Okay. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, Carmelo Hayes is another one of the, the newer um, for, uh, people in the NXT 2.0. He actually did come out before the official swap over, but... Um, as part of the uh, the breakout star tournament that they had, um, and he is also a an actual veteran of the indie scene, so he is one of those few guys who has actually had some outside of NXT or WWE style training. So um, he's a, he's a little bit more on the ups of the wrestling business, and so he actually does have a good chance of keeping people in. In the in the loop of feeling like he's he's actually a star as opposed to a lot of the newer guys that they are bringing out. Yeah, um, we do have to talk about toxic attraction. Toxic attraction. Okay, um, another group of actual I guess you can say kind of veterans, even though their stable leader is kind of probably the newest person of everyone. <laughs> uh, if you really think about it, even yeah. though she she's had the most WWE experience, um, that being Mandy Rose. Um, now Gigi Dolan and um, Jane Gase, Jane GC, I, I don't remember her name. I, I I know Jim Cornette makes fun of her name all the time, but I can't yeah. remember her name. But yeah. anyways, those two were actually on the independent scenes uh, a good amount, as opposed to Mandros, who was just straight from Tough Enough into the developmental and then onto WWE TV. So she's got probably the least amount of experience of the group. Now, um, a lot of people might uh, recognize G. Dolan as Priscilla Kelly from the independent scene, which uh, everyone <sighs> probably remembers her infamous um, scene, I guess you can say. Which you know what? we won't we, talk about. We, we but will definitely not discuss that. If you don't know, look it up. And Yeah, it's on YouTube still. <laughs> it's on some websites. Um, we will not discuss it due to the fact that there may be those who are under the age of 18 that do listen to this program. Though they probably shouldn't. Because... <laughs> well, we haven't said any swear words. We haven't? No. Damn. That really doesn't count. <laughs> oh. Uh, because notice I didn't use the Alley Simple Clause or the, Sally, or the um, Sammy Same. Sunshine Clause. True. Which, you know, I think we're, you know, New Year, back to basics. I think we're going to stray away from those clauses. For a little bit. For a little bit. For now. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll do that. Even though we did talk about some stuff that was kind of adult content at the beginning. Yes, yes, we did. But, <clears throat> carrying on, though. Um, so, yes, again, um, also there's a little quick side note, a um, little bit of tidbit information. Uh, Priscilla Kelly was formerly married to Darby Allen of AEW. And there were some issues between those two that what? we're not really going to touch on. But they supposedly... Called it off admirably at, at the end of it, but... Well, you probably didn't hear. There was some... Darby made a post, and then she actually mentioned something about um, domestic disputes going on while they were married. Uh, he probably got in a fight with his skateboard. He always does. 
But, you know, something that we're not really going to address on here. Don't have enough information on that. Exactly. And it's something that we don't want to have speculation on. Yeah. You know, it was in the past, so it's going to remain in the past. Yes. Now, (laughs) okay, here we go. Um, Relating to NXT 2.0, just the overall trying to return it to the Attitude Era for today's fans is not working for me. Right, and I, I, I would say this much. They have the characters and they have the stars that they can have in there. Um, I think they're a little pushing too hard on the character development than they are with the actual um, wrestling. And that's that's the unfortunate feel of it. Ooh, we forgot one person. Oh, who's that? Gacy. <laughs> Joe Gacy. Um, again, he's actually another veteran of the independent scene who also made his debut before the rebranding. Um, he was in the... Uh, the breakout tournament. Um, he is a veteran of the GCW and um, what else was he in? CZW, CZW too. too. So Combat Zone Wrestling. He was actually a hardcore um, wrestler yeah. for quite a while. So that's kind of his background, which his character development is, is very <laughs> different, I guess you could say, to a lot of people's. And... Okay, l- let's not downplay it. Um. For those who have not watched Joe Gacy, now, mind you, WWE does like to try to go with certain types of stereotypes in their programming, and the biggest stereotype that we have in today's society are the social justice warriors, the ones that are looking for safe spaces, the ones that want equality, the ones that want everything the same across the board. Joe Gacy is the ultimate social justice warrior stereotype. He, he is playing it up, and again, it's it's working pretty well for Mashi, I think. You know, he's... The, the first uh, debut of it, people kind of looked at it and kind of shuffled it off, and apparently they got a lot of flack for it, but they, they stuck to their guns, and I'm not going to lie, I think it, it's probably the best actual, I guess you could say, character development that's not the... A classic stereotype. It's more of a current stereotype, but it's still a, a little bit better, I would say, than some of the other characters have been pulled off. So, honestly, I'm going to agree with you on that yeah. because he did take the ball and he is running with this. Right. And the development and how he's doing it, right. in a way, it reminds me of what CM Punk did with the Straight Edge Society. Right, exactly. He, he's kind of cult-leadering. And, yeah. Or even a more current iteration would have been the, the White family with Bray Wyatt, where he was the cult leader. Basically, he is doing the the talking that's, that kind of mind whammies everyone into following him, or at least the people he wants them to follow him, while everyone is booing or cheering him, regardless of how they feel. Exactly. Now, he does have a very unique Jekyll and Hyde dichotomy as mm-hmm. well, where he's, he wants to come off, like, very polite, and this is a safe space. The ring is a safe space. All are welcome here. But yet, as soon as that bell rings, he just goes ballistic. But it's a slow progression. Right. And you can tell that after some of his matches, he's just ready to snap. 
actually one of the best example you can actually see it is his actually most current recent match, which was uh, him and Harland uh, versus uh, Inofi and uh, Malik Blade. Right. It was he starts it off very calm, and then you can see him pick up and progress into that kind of violence streak before he cools back down some. And then he, he tags in Harlan, and Harlan goes ballistic and psycho and, and gets him disqualified. But besides that, it, 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 it was a very good showing of his character. So we do, before we wrap everything up, we do have to talk about Harlan. Yeah. A.K.A. the Destroyer of Gods. Yes. A.K.A. Brock Lesnar Jr. <laughs> so well, officially in, in, in legal paperwork, his name is, is Parker Boudreaux, who was... Uh, what, what team was he on? The, was he on the, the Clemsonville Tigers or? Uh, I think it was Louisiana. Louisiana, okay, yeah, something like that. So he was he was on you know one of the football teams in NCAA thingy, and he essentially looks like a young Brock Lesnar, with the tattoos already involved before he he, he got older. So this and, man is massive. Yeah, well, not they, done a lot. They 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 obviously des- uh, decided to to change his look up a little bit by by shaving his head, so he didn't look so much like Brock Lesnar, but still, he looks like Brock. He looks like Brock Lesnar and nails had a baby, <clears throat> and he he wrestles like Brock, like beginning OVW, going into the next big thing WWE run type Brock. But Lesnar. he he is, but when he does his more actual. I guess you could say a psychoticness side. He does act more thuggish, like nails. So that is the best way to describe him. He is like nails, and and Brock Lesnar had a baby, and it, yeah, not nails from from Dragon Ball, but nails from WWF WWE. <laughs> we'll talk about that one another time too. <laughs> so. But anyway, um, as a quick side note, the yeah, NXT two point um, wrestlers to watch on there. Obviously, that that they have um, Brooks and Jensen. Um, very good dynamic tag team. They they are pulling the classic, uh, almost like the APA after the uh, the Ministry of Darkness. So the uh, the the beer drinkers and Hellraisers gimmick. Um, they uh, they they obviously still have Dexter Loomis kind of floating around in and out, but uh, he's kind of more old guard than new guard. Um, Grayson Waller pulling the uh, the. Uh, social media influencer type gimmick right now really well he's all about his his clicks and and swipes and and all that stuff it's almost like what austin theory is technically doing on the main roster right but austin theory is still much better at it (laughs) yes he is and he has the the actual background experience um recently uh boa's transformation into kind of the weird tina shaw thing on his own is been kind of lackluster um I, i'm only kind of yeah i mean I, I like the fact that they, they brought back the tongue and death grip but you know yeah i mean you that. can't go wrong with the classic um another newcomer is the soul Sokoa character who is uh, uh joseph fatu um, which is obviously the younger brother of the uso brothers so um uh, he's not jacob fatu who's in mlw but or was in MLW. I don't know if he still is. Did Scott Jordan? Uh, no, he's still in, as far okay. as I know. Okay. So, yeah, again, um, he's another newer character, obviously, um, part of the, the 2.0 rebranding. Um, the uh, carrying on of uh, uh, Cameron Grimes, he's still 
out there, and he's he's another one to keep watch on because he's one that was actually still probably one of the highlights of the show. Oh wait, we forgot one. Who's mm-hmm. the one that's feuding with Legato de, del Fantasma? Oh, uh, Zion Quinn. Yes, he's uh, one of my favorites. He, he's uh, the Samoan that's not related to the to the uh, Anoi family that we so, know of yet. No, no, he's not. <laughs> they, they haven't said anything about it. And he does do the classic uh, Haka, at, or Hakai, Haka? Haka. Haka at the beginning. Or at least he did that on his last match against the... Uh, well, that's, that feud technically got over with on this last episode. Don't mind that. I'll have to catch up on that. Um, but, yeah, um, that's a lot of the major people that are currently going on. Um, they have introduced some newer characters recently. Um, what the heck is her name? The... Weird, uh, Wendy Chu. Wendy Chu, they, they introduced, which was, uh, I believe that was the Karen Q and what the heck is her name? Uh, the T Sha Lady. Um, Li- Min Ming, yeah, Min Ying, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, um, they, they have that Persia Parada. Um, uh, she's uh, <laughs> Cora Jade. Uh, Cora Jade is, uh, your, your every, uh, your emo song girl, uh, teen, I guess you can say, is what she she is. Uh, it's her gimmick. Um, it sounds like she's coming out to something that came out during the the, the pop punk time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. <laughs> that's NXT two point <laughs> Yes, yeah. Notice we we could actually easily bash NXT two point but we wanted to try to bring in more of the positives and. Right. And stars to look out for because oh one more I'll obviously L.A. Knight you know yeah yeah he, he him um him coming in his feud with Grace Waller is the I guess kind of the build of who's going to probably be the next big star of NXT outside Braun Breaker obviously because um, L.A. Knight again has the background um, Grace Waller having. The recent feud with AJ Styles, which did culminate on this last episode of NXT 2.0. Um, and, of course, uh, which also led back to his feud with LA Knight initially before all this. And then, of course, LA Knight kind of tying in with AJ Styles, both being former TNA people. So, Yes, definitely. So, <clears throat> before we end off, Monkey. Yes. Any closing remarks? Um... I like Pop-Tarts. You know, it's been forever since you actually said that on the air. It is good to have you back, brother, you. on the digital airwaves with me. Um, hopefully in due time, we will have the rest of the cast of Internet Wonderland with us. We're looking for them. They are in hiding, but we will find them. We will find them. I have a certain set of skills. Skills that will make Pop-Tarts. They make Pop-Tarts delicious. Oh, Very delicious. delicious. all right so this has been another episode of i will find them and i will eat those pop tarts (laughs) they'll be delicious (laughs) continuing on this has been another episode of cheshire's place a looking glass into logical madness on behalf of the man the myth the legend monkey and myself the melodious one mr cheshire just as my namesake the cheshire cat I am everywhere, yet nowhere. We will see you next week for another episode. Have a good night. Good night.